0: Welcome to the sixth episode of iPhone Life Podcast. I'm David Auverbach, CEO and publisher of iPhone Life Magazine.
1: I'm Sarah Kingsbury, senior web editor of iPhoneLife.com.
2: And I'm Donna Cleveland, editor-in-chief of iPhone Life Magazine.
0: We've got a really cool show for you today. We're going to talk about fubbing, which is iPhone snubbing. Uh, we're going to talk about travel apps. We're going to talk about Apple gear, uh, Apple Watch gear, I should say. And iOS versus Mac OS X. So stay tuned. Uh, but first, let me take a minute to tell you about iPhone Life Tip of the Day. It's a free newsletter. Every day, we email you a cool iPhone tip where you can learn how to get the most out of your phone. So go to iphonelifecom tip to check it out. Uh, Sarah Kingsbury is our web editor, which means she's the one responsible for putting these together. Sarah, what was your favorite tip from this week?
1: I really liked the one explaining how to disable Wi-Fi Assist. Um, That's a new feature that comes enabled already in iOS 9, and what it does is if you're in a place with a weak Wi-Fi connection, it switches over to cellular data, which can end up costing you a lot of data. So if you don't have unlimited data, it's actually a good idea to turn that feature off. A lot of people have been finding surprise uh, data usage and the accompanying... Hi, bill, so that's a good one.
0: See, I, I tend to err on the side of being impatient, and I hate sitting there and having bad data and waiting for the Wi-Fi to be better, so I kept mine on, even though it means I probably will have a uh, higher data bill. What about you guys? Did you turn it off, or do you have it on?
1: I turned it off. I actually have unlimited data, but I'm kind of in a contest with myself to see how little data I can use. <laughs>
0: Why, why are you paying for unlimited data and then trying to use as little as possible?
1: Uh, I'm just signed up with a carrier that just has unlimited data. So That's
2: interesting. If I had unlimited data, I would definitely keep Wi-Fi Assist on. But even though I don't, I also kept it on. But I like knowing. I, I still think it's a good tip because if I ever run into the problem where I'm going way over, then I know I can turn it off. Like I know what's happening. Y-
0: yeah, it's really nice to know, and I agree. It, it, it's nice. It's also nice to know what's happening so that you can keep an eye on it if you do keep it on. Or if you're running into data problems, make sure to turn it off.
1: I mean, I think it's also just a good idea to always go through um, in your cellular data settings, go and look under cellular usage, and check and see what apps are using data and whether or not you actually want them to access data. You don't want to be accidentally streaming movies like Netflix movies over data. You want to be using your Wi-Fi in most cases.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it it happens a lot where people don't realize, they forget to turn on their Wi-Fi, and then they end up watching a movie on Netflix and paying like $20 to watch a movie.
1: (laughs) Well, and anytime you download a new app, there will be things enabled for that app that you may not want enabled. So it's always a good idea to go in and just check the settings of a new app and make sure they are actually what you want them to be. That happened to me once. I watched a documentary on YouTube, and I thought, I could have sworn
2: I was I was connected to Wi-Fi, but apparently I wasn't. World's <laughs> and... most expensive
0: documentary. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. Um, so, one more announcement for you guys before we get into the show. We are about to come out with our next issue of iPhone Life Magazine. Uh, Donna, tell us a little bit about it.
2: So, this is our annual gear guide, and... Basically, this comes out in time for the holidays. Not only do you have new devices that you probably want to buy gear for, but also you're shopping for your friends and family. So you'll find all the headphones, speakers, cases, uh, Apple Watch accessory, recommendations from David, uh, and Smart Home, lots more gear for you to check out. Um, We also have a great iNews section with all the new Apple products. We have great analysis of the iPad Pro, What WatchOS 2 could bring once developers have developed more apps for it. Um, We have one of our our writers who is an app developer, so he has some great perspective there. And we also have a fun infographic in there about smartphone addiction, so you'll want to check that out.
0: (laughs) Uh, And we're getting ahead of ourselves because I'll probably ask you about some gear stuff later, but from the magazine, what was your favorite gear that you discovered for for the gift guide? Is there any that you're buying for your family. Hopefully, they won't be listening right now. <laughs> well,
2: there's one that I want for myself. <laughs> okay. Yeah, even better. <laughs> From David's Apple Watch accessory roundup, he has um, uh, third-party bands. I think you found it on, was it,
0: mm, it was
2: Indiegogo? Com-
0: I'm not sure which one. Are you, are you talking about Click, the, the thing that converts? No,
2: not the converter. It was a third-party Apple Watch band
0: oh yeah it's on kickstarter i think
2: okay the... yeah it was a crowd crowdfunded one yeah that i that i think looks really nice and he actually has a few around the office but they're for the larger apple watch and i have the smaller one so i can't steal one from him
0: we do the podcast in my office for the record and i have a bunch of apple watch bands sitting around and every time we're doing a podcast donna just gazes longingly at my, <laughs> my band sitting around but she can't wear them because i have the bigger iP- apple watch
1: I have also been coveting some more Apple Watch bands, so I'm with Donna. It's just not fair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's easy to get it. Uh, one of the things we're going to do starting this show is we're going to start linking to the products that we talk about. So if you're listening to this podcast and you think, I want to know what Apple Watch bands are talking about, go to iphonelife.com slash podcast, and we'll link to all the products that we talk about and anything else we talk about during the show. All right, so let's start with some news. We read th- this week that Tim Cook talked about Apple is not planning on merging OS X and iOS into one operating system. So, just to give some context, what that means is all Macs run Mac OS X, and all iPhones and iPads, and actually, Apple Watches and Apple TVs run iOS. And so What Microsoft has done is they have one operating system that's for all of their products. Uh, And Apple, people were speculating that Apple would move in the same direction. They just said today that they're not planning on merging them. Uh, What do you guys think about this? Do you think this is the right move for Apple?
1: Um, Well, you know, we've heard before that Apple wasn't going to make bigger iPhones and Apple wasn't going to make a stylus. And here we are with bigger iPhones (laughs) and an Apple Pencil. So...
0: It's it's a pencil, Sarah. It's not a stylus. It's totally different.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, (laughs) But at the same time, it seems like because they're becoming more and more integrated, you can do so many things, hand off things, work seamlessly. They're almost, if they never become exactly the same from a user perspective, it might not make any difference. They might be so similar and, and work together so smoothly that it won't matter.
2: Yeah, I'm actually, I'm not a fan of the way Apple is going about this. Um, I think continuity and handoff, those are features that Apple introduced to kind of try to merge OSX and iOS, and I actually find them annoying because I don't necessarily want all of my text messages popping up on my computer, um, but I would like some of the functionality on a mobile device that you can have on a desktop, and they're now they're saying they won't do that. Um That being said, I do think that there's something really nice about iOS and how it's like you get kind of like a pared down, simplified version of what you would get on desktop and it keeps things simpler. So it would be a little bit sad to me to lose that if they were just turned into one thing. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah. I, I half agreed. I thought because Tim Cook's logic for why he didn't think it was a good idea was kind of the logic for why a touchscreen laptop isn't the best idea, which is it's a different user experience. When you're using a computer with a mouse, with a keyboard, you don't need to do a touchscreen. You don't need apps and vice versa. Um, And I agree with him that you don't need a laptop touchscreen. It's not the best UI when you have a mouse and keyboard in front of you. But I do think that you do need, When we talked about this with the iPad Pro, and I think the iPad Pro is the perfect example of where uh, having a merged operating system would have really helped Apple. You would have been able to use a mouse and keyboard with an iPad Pro, and then people I think would have been much more comfortable using it under professional circumstances.
2: I agree. I think that's
1: something that the Microsoft Surface Pro does have over the iPad Pro. I was actually surprised that Tim Cook made a point of saying that precisely because of the iPad Pro, because it seems like they're trying to merge certain features of laptops with certain features of tablets, and yet he's keeping the operating system separately. And also, um, the you have to pay, for instance, for a Microsoft. Three is it three sixty five three <laughs> sixty? Can tell. That I, I don't know. I don't personally pay for my subscription. Three sixty five. Thank you.
0: Five uh, days a year, you won't get to use Microsoft because <laughs> right. it'll be down.
1: <laughs> That's right. You own, yeah, you have to take five days off. They're forcing you to take a vacation from your tablet. Um, but if they're giving it that computing ability, it's kind of strange not to give it the functionality of a computing. OS.
0: Yeah, and I, I wrote an article about this uh, probably a couple of years ago now. Maybe we can put it online and link to it in this podcast. But basically, um, Moore's law dictates that processors—and I, I might get this a little wrong, so maybe we'll link to a Wikipedia on this as well. Something <laughs> to the to the effect that processors get twice as fast every 18 months. I think it's technically you can fit twice as many transitors, transistors on a processor. Clearly, I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> we're about. So
1: up on our point today. being,
0: processors get better over time, and I think it's only a matter of time where we're already seeing that processors on the iPhone are starting to get just as fast as computers were even a couple years ago, and we're gonna get to a point where an iPhone could run a computer, and I don't see why once you reach that point. Why you don't merge operating systems and let it? Why wouldn't you just have a large screen, a keyboard, and then you dock your iPhone and your iPhone literally runs your whole operating system and runs your computer?
1: I don't know why not, David. <laughs> <laughs> <ask> yeah.
0: <laughs> so c- clearly you guys are agreeing with me. I yeah. mean,
1: the, the main
2: point that I go back to is like I do like the simple experience that you have on your mobile devices. Like there's something nice about that. You don't have all of the options. You just, you know, press on the app icon. You have a limited amount of options there. But um, I mean, it does seem silly at the same time. if If it has the capability to do so much more, why wouldn't it? I think especially for the iPad Pro, that's one where it's like, it seems really strange if you're using it as a laptop not to be able to do any of that.
0: Well, and did you guys see, it was interesting timing for Tim Cook to come out and say this too, because Microsoft just today announced, is it called the Slate Book? Surface Book. Surface Book. I don't know why I always get that wrong. Clearly, (laughs) I don't follow Microsoft very closely. But I'm again in the uncomfortable position of being really impressed by Microsoft, which I really don't feel comfortable with. But (laughs) it was cool. Did you guys see it?
1: Yeah, I watched the video I read an article about it. It seems like a really cool machine.
0: Basically what it is, it's very similar to the their Surface tablet, but it docks into a keyboard that basically then at that point makes it look and feel like a laptop. So it's, it's the closest thing I've seen to a tablet-laptop combination.
2: Yeah, the thing that I thought looked the most different and impressive was that the connection between the keyboard and the screen looked really like sturdy. Mm-hmm. Some of these with the with the iPad Pro and with the Surface Pro, I think the keyboards look kind of flimsy and cheap, whereas this it was not, you know, it was a different
0: Yeah, the keyboards for like the Surface and and for the iPad Pro look like something that you would use every once in a while, but not like something you'd carry around and use as your primary use case for the device. Whereas this looked like it was a laptop first and a tablet second.
1: I was actually... I mean, I've been thinking about getting a MacBook. Um, I have a really ancient PC laptop right now, (laughs) but now I'm reconsidering
0: don't, Windows 10 will be a disaster, is my opinion. I mean, I'm clearly a diehard Apple fan. So the operating system, I don't think it's there yet. I don't like using Windows very much. But I was really, it made me think, why wouldn't Apple move in that direction? Why wouldn't people want to have a little bit more hybrid devices?
2: Yeah, I mean, clearly with the iPad Pro, they're showing that they're willing to, to create more of a hybrid device. But... I don't know if it's that they just want everyone still to buy, like have all the different devices, so they're really trying to differentiate them still. But um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't get, I wouldn't get the new Microsoft Surface Book because I think operating system is a really big deal, and it's not as good as what Apple has. Mm. That
1: that basically is what it comes down to for me. Is I just really prefer the OS X. It's just so much better.
0: And, and, and to to echo Donna's point too. I think maybe that's part of it, is keeping the keeping the experiences separated has allowed them to create cleaner, nicer UIs. And I don't know. I'd like to think that they could merge the operating systems and still have a very nice user experience, but it's it's hard to argue with Apple because they have the best operating system around, in my opinion. So they, they clearly know what they're doing.
2: Another thing, too, is when you think about people who aren't power users, which... most of us consider ourselves at this point, that having OS X on their phone would be confusing.
0: Yeah, you would have to clearly differentiate use cases, like I was saying. You would have to clearly have, like, you dock it into a computer environment, and it runs OS X, and you pull it off, and it runs iOS, sort of a thing. And I think you could do that.
2: Yeah, that'd be awesome.
0: Uh, My prediction, I'm going to go on record and say... Apple absolutely will merge operating systems. It just might still be a few years away. I just see with Moore's law, it's inevitable that you're going to end up with your portable devices powering laptops. I-, I just don't see how that doesn't happen.
2: Right, and you think also just with monitors and things like that, that an iPhone could power that. That's what you would dock into your like office.
0: Exactly, because a, proce- a processor is the most expensive thing. And so why do we have to pay for a processor for a tablet, a processor for an iPhone, a processor for a computer? We could have one processor, and you plug it into different screen sizes, and then you could use it in different environments.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good prediction. I'll be very (laughs) interested. (laughs) Okay,
0: okay. Well, we'll see. I'm going on record, so (laughs) we'll see. Uh, Let's move on to apps. Uh, This week we're going to talk about travel apps, and that was inspired because, well... First of all, I was in Chicago this weekend and I was wishing that I'd had more travel app recommendations ahead of time. And second of all, of course, we're getting, it's scary, it feels like it's still summer, but we're getting really close to Thanksgiving, which is when people start going on a lot of trips. So travel apps, what are you guys using? Uh, Let's start with you, Donna. What's your recommendation for your favorite travel apps?
2: Well, first of all, to go to Chicago, did you use Wanderoo to get train tickets?
0: I did not. I drove. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, Wanderu is a nice app for finding bus and train tickets. And it, it basically searches all the services from Greyhound to Amtrak and finds you the best deals. So if you're wanting to do some more budget traveling, somewhere that you can take the bus or go on a train, that's a really popular one.
0: Does it... For buses, does it, do you know, does it only search Greyhound or does it include other bus services as others. well? It
2: includes others. Yeah, those were just big Okay. Ones.
0: Yeah, because that's one of the things that I found. Recently, it seems like there's been a lot more bus. It used to be Greyhound was like it and Greyhound is the worst. <laughs> uh, but uh, lately, it seems like there's a lot more bus options available and... They have Wi Fi and they're a little bit more comfortable. So it's cool that you could travel multiple, you could look for a bunch of options in one place.
2: Yeah, I think so. Another one is uh, Chef's Feed. Our food editor, our regular writer, Steve Boss, he featured this in in one of our magazine articles. And it's kind of like Yelp, but for chefs. So if some people, I mean, I do love Yelp, and Mm -hmm. I think that's also one you should definitely use if you're traveling. To find cool events and restaurants to go to. But this is nice in that it's chef recommendations for restaurants. And like with Yelp, there are a lot of kind of like troll type people who go and just say horrible things about every restaurant. <laughs> and you can't really trust them. So if you want to see like what the chefs are eating, Chef's Beats is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I, I I like Yelp. I use it all the time, but I'm not crazy about it. Because you end up finding like... I tend to, when I'm traveling, want to see, like, just the best places, right? Because I'm traveling. I'm only there for a few days. I want to try the best things. And you look on Yelp, and you want to see what's nearby, and you're like, okay, well, there's a three-star McDonald's restaurant and a three-star Panera nearby. And it's like, it's not really the purpose of what I want to look for when I'm on looking for food. So
2: Yeah, and what I always recommend to people using Yelp is that you do have to read through the reviews and see why people gave it a low rating. It might be for a reason that you don't care about at all. So that's also some extra time. But if you like if you put stock in chefs feed that if it's a chef recommending it, you can kind of just quickly look and see what's around you. They only have it in some of the major cities though. So you know, that's why I consider it a travel app, because we're in a pretty uh-huh. rural area but they have it for Chicago, New York, Miami.
0: So if you're in a big city, check it out. Yeah. Uh, One tip, too, for Yelp that I've found really useful for myself is rather than sorting by... um, I think the default is sorted by best reviews. I go and sort by most reviews. Because what I find is there's not, like, thousands of people that are going to go review their neighborhood McDonald's. But people tend to review restaurants they really like and so the restaurants that are the best may not show up highest in your feed based on Yelp's normal algorithms but if you search by best or sorry you search by most reviewed I find I have a much easier time finding the best restaurants. Have you guys tried that?
1: That's a good tip. I haven't tried that but I definitely will.
0: Check it out. How about you Sarah? Do you have travel app recommendations?
1: Well I don't know how helpful this would be uh, for people traveling home for Thanksgiving or Christmas but I love road trips and I really like, I don't like just, you know, going as fast as I can and driving as long as I can till I get to my destination. I like to really take my time. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I like to do is stop at, you know, like local state parks in whatever state I happen to be in and just have like a two hour break and eat lunch. and, And so I always try and find places that have playgrounds for the kids or a place to swim if the weather's nice or nice trails to walk on. And one that I think is really cool is called O-Ranger Park Finder. It's free and it tells you what amenities the park has and it has every national and state park. Um, So if you are looking for a place with a playground or good trails or a place that's handicap accessible, um, because actually a lot of hiking trails are accessible at certain parks, um, that's a really great app.
0: Cool. Yeah, maybe not quite so great for Thanksgiving, but if you're doing any road trips in the fall before, then it's a great time to check that out.
1: <laughs> Sorry, that's just the way I travel. I love road trips and I love camping.
0: Yeah, in, in the U.S., especially road trips are amazing. Um, one of my go-to that I use a lot is TripIt. Uh, it's an app, but it's also a service, and it, it's nice hybrid that way. Basically, what TripIt does is... Whenever you buy a hotel, you make a hotel reservation. Hopefully you're not buying a hotel unless you're playing Monopoly. But whenever you make a hotel reservation or you make a a plane trip ticket, anything like that, it automatically scans your email for receipts. You can set up with Gmail and I think maybe Hotmail and Yahoo, and it imports those into an itinerary. So then on your TripIt app, you can see really quickly your whole itinerary for your whole trip, and it'll tell you your gate information for your Flight and things like that. So I really like that. Donna, you've used TripIt too, right?
2: Yeah, I also have TripIt Pro. And it's really nice whenever you have a gate change. Like as soon Mm -hmm. as you get off the plane, you'll want to check. Like I get updates on my Apple Watch and it'll tell me what gate I'm supposed to go to. So if you're in a rush between, you know, when you have a layover or something, you can just quickly check instead of going and looking on the monitors. And I found that to be really handy. Um, I think it can also... You can also like slate in anything you're doing on that trip, like restaurant recommendation, restaurant reservations and things like that.
0: Yeah, it does. It compiles a lot. Uh, it's funny, too, because it does automatically. So when I was in Chicago, I, I went and saw The Martian, by the way, which I really recommend. Have you guys seen it?
1: I haven't. I was planning to.
0: Go check it out. I really liked it. Uh, I booked the ticket on Fandango and it automatically imported into my itinerary. <laughs> so I had like one thing on my itinerary to the trip to Chicago, which was go to the movie that night.
1: <laughs> I can't believe you had an itinerary for a trip to Chicago.
0: <laughs> well, I didn't. That was the funny thing. It created an itinerary just to tell me that I was going to the movie that night.
2: <laughs> you would think that it would also bra- like put in your Bears tickets.
0: Oh, I, I didn't book them, actually. I probably would have. I went, oh. to, I went to a Bears game. Uh, the Bears won in the last second by kicking a field goal, beating the Raiders. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, StubHub, which is another one, I guess. So we booked it on StubHub. Nice. Uh, another, a few other apps that I like. Uh, one is called Surge. Uh, first of all, I use Uber a lot. Do you guys Uber or Lyft?
2: Yeah, when I'm out of town
1: in L.A., I use Uber a lot, New York, Uber is really good. Mm -hmm. I guess I just go places and stay with people who can drive me places or I can just take the train or...
0: Well, if you're doing a road trip too, presumably you have your car. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I I use Uber and Lyft. Uh, Which one do you use, Uber or Lyft?
2: I use Uber because that's just what I started with. But I kind of want to try Lyft just because of Uber's like shady business practices.
0: I'm the same way. I use Uber... Even though they're pretty evil, I still I really like their app. It's really clean, it's really easy, and I just haven't bothered to switch. Um, so for Uber, uh, one, of the things, one of the things people complain about is they have surge pricing. So if you're in downtown on a Friday night and a lot of people are requesting Uber, what they do is they raise their rates for uh, that neighborhood in order to entice more Uber drivers to come pick you up. This uh, happened
2: to me downtown LA. I got charged $100 for like a $10 cab ride. Oh,
0: geez. Yeah, yeah. it's horrible. And so there's kind of horror stories about that. You can access, you can It always tells you when there's surge pricing. So make sure if you're using Uber, you look for surge pricing. But there's an app called Surge. And what it does is it tells you the boundaries of surge pricing. So how surge pricing works is they set up Uh, uh, like let's say you're in downtown LA, it'll say this block to that block will be surge pricing, but you can walk one block out of that zone and it isn't surge pricing. So it tells you how far you would have to walk in order to get out of surge pricing. And sometimes it's only a couple blocks.
2: That's pretty incredible. I feel like that's for anybody who lives in a city, they should have this app.
0: Yeah. And and it's free. Oh, one thing I meant to mention too. Tripit is a free service, but there's Tripit Pro, which is what Donna was referencing, that gives you uh, minute-to-minute updates on your flights, and I think that's forty-nine dollars per year, something like that.
2: Yeah, we should post that on our on this you know blog post. Yeah,
0: they give you a lot of services with that, though. I do use Tripit Pro as well. I recommend it, uh, but I don't I don't quite know what their services are off the top of my head, so I'd have to look. <laughs> uh, any other apps that you guys recommend? For travel?
1: Nope. I mean, for me, travel, I just read books the whole time, so as long as I've got my Kindle app full of books, I'm fine.
0: (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so let's move on to gear. Uh, Apple Watch gear. All three of us have our Apple Watch bands on our wrists. Uh, First of all, what, what Apple Watch bands do you guys have on?
2: I have this classic sport band right now, but I really want something a little more breathable. I feel like, you know, this is fine and it's basic and I like that it doesn't like totally clash with anything, but I'd like to get a nice
1: leather band.
0: How about you, Sarah?
1: I agree. I, I have two sport bands, a white one that came with my watch and a black one that I ordered separately, uh, but I would really like something that's dressier and yeah, it feels a little slimy if you get sweaty, <laughs> you know, it's like, it does. So, you know, it's funny, I kind <laughs> of, know... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I kind of had the opposite experience where I got the sport band and I was really excited to try other bands. I have on the monoware black leather band, which I really like. It definitely looks, you know, I could dress, it dresses up your Apple watch a little bit more. Um. Not that I'm judging you guys. (laughs) Thanks, David. It definitely looks better. No. (laughs) Um, But I feel weird wearing leather when I'm working out for that reason. It's like you think that gets slimy. Try using leather. (laughs) It like absorbs it. Uh, So what I find I do is I will, when I'm going to go work out, I'll switch to that uh, sport band and that's just become my workout band. But then I have to be switching back and forth, which is a total hassle.
1: It's nice how washable it is.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. You can just rinse it off quickly. Uh, my favorite, I think, even though I don't have it on right now, MonoWare has a nylon band, uh, which isn't quite as stylish, but it's. It, I feel it feels very breathable. It's easy to exercise in, and you can also... It's more stylish than the... Uh, sport band. Sorry guys.
2: <laughs> I like that one. I uh, David's been wearing it. It's kind of like a army green, and I found- I think that's a stylish color. Yeah, I like
0: that. <laughs> so what you guys said you, you've been eyeing other ones. Do you have any pr- ones particular in mind? Uh, you, you said you were interested in the- I think it's called the hyper chain or hyperlink. That's the metal one, right? That's the one you're interested in?
2: Oh, uh, I think that one looks nice on guys. Okay. I wasn't so much interested in that for myself. The Apple Watch product that I'm wanting right now is, so right in front of me I have David's fused Chicken at Apple Watch. It's like a lightning to USB cable that also doubles as a stand because it's made out of steel and it bends and so you can like have it in any shape you want. And they just made one for the Apple Watch.
0: Wait, fused Chicken did? Yeah. Oh, cool.
2: Yeah. Um. So... It looks similar to this. Is this not...
0: No, that one? is Fuse Chicken. Oh, yeah. I just hadn't... I, I had not... I have not seen any third-party Apple Watch chargers yet.
2: Yeah, so Fuse Chicken just came out with one, and they're sending me one to review. So I'm excited about that. Um, just because it's a nice... It's nice to have lightning to USB cables. I feel like you're always looking for it. Oh, This isn't the lightning to USB cable. But you always need chargers, and this one can also double as a dock.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. How about you, Sarah? What... What Apple Watch accessories are you eyeing?
1: Well, I was planning to just start looking into getting something more dressy, a nice leather band. I like those Hermes bands that Apple is partnering partnering with Hermes for, but obviously for my uh, sport watch, I am not going to be investing in a $1,000 band. I will probably find (laughs) some nice third-party leather band that costs significantly less.
0: Uh, the other the other accessory that I really like that I wrote about in my article was Dodo case has a stand for the Apple Watch that I really like, and it doesn't come with the charging actual cord, which would have been nice. Uh, but it's really nice because it's a nice. It's made out of wood. I think it's walnut, and it, it looks really nice. I just found that like. My Apple Watch just made it one too many things trying to charge on my desk at night, and it just felt it looks a lot nicer being able to just dock it on a wooden stand than just have it kind of sprawled out across my desk. So that's one I really like too that we can link to.
2: Proporta also sent me one that I've been using this past week, and it has an iPhone 6s dock. That also it's nice because it amplifies the sound when you're whenever you're playing audio, and then it also has a a space for the Apple Watch, but you also do have to like wind the cord up of your Apple Watch charger So it doesn't come with that piece.
0: I think the reason being exactly what we were saying I think that people are having trouble making third-party Apple Watch uh, Chargers, so I think coming soon you'll be able to have that included, but it just isn't there yet. Yeah All right, any other gear before we move on to our main story of the day?
1: <laughs> now let's get right into fubbing.
0: Fubbing, okay. <laughs> So let me tell you guys about this. This is fubbing is a report uh, that was published. The researchers at Hancomer School of Business of Baylor University surveyed 453 American adults in the United States about the extent to which they are or their partners use or are distracted by cell phones while in the company of a romantic partner. So as I said earlier, fubbing st- stands for Phone snubbing. <laughs> Can we stop first and comment about fubbing? Are you guys fans of the term fubbing?
1: I think it sounds really wrong, but when you say it, I don't know there's something satisfying about saying it. I feel like I'm saying a dirty word and getting away with yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh, wow. He totally fubbed me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um.
0: (laughs) That sounded way dirtier than I intended that to sound. I thought it was just going to be like, oh, that sounds real. No, that sounds very dirty. I think I'm not a fan. Yeah, I was like, I actually am not a fan of fubbing now.
1: (laughs) Well,
2: Sarah, I don't know how I feel about all of these just terms in general. Sarah recently explained to me. Uh, what mansplaining was, and <laughs> then there's like manspreading. Wait, wait, hold on. What is what they're... is
0: mansplaining? I don't think I know what mansplaining.
2: Is. Well,
1: I think from what I understood, it's when a man explains something to a woman in like unnecessarily. Well, often it's when a man explains something that a woman already knows or understands, and maybe even knows more about. <laughs> <And> <laughs> or manspreading, you know that's like the like guys having their. Legs basically
2: splayed when they're sitting on the bus or something and taking up all the room Yeah, not making room for the little old lady walking by needing a place to sit
0: (laughs) (laughs) So are you, okay, are you a fan of all of these words or these are just words that you're learning about?
2: They make me laugh, but I think it's kind of a silly trend, I'll have to say
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's, I mean, I think the one that caught on the most to the point where we don't think it's weird anymore is selfie I mean, selfie when it first started sounded the same and now we just use it as a word
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I think fubbing is definitely, I mean, it's very descriptive of what happens. (laughs) (laughs) It's a real phenomenon,
0: as we'll get into. Let me, yeah, let me read to you some of this research, because it was crazy. The researchers found that those whose romantic partners had more fubbing behaviors were, (laughs) now I can't stop giggling about it, were likely to experience conflict in the relationship and have lower levels of satisfaction. Nearly half of the respondents in the survey said they were fubbed by their partners <laughs> with 22.6% saying it caused conflict and 36.6% reporting that they felt depressed at least some of the time. So it's it's no laughing matter. And I think the crazy part and what people are really commenting online, it's not just that, like, people were feeling ignored by their partner. It was leading to depression. So that's, like, pretty serious.
1: <laughs> I just feel... Slightly skeptical because I I think it's a chicken and egg thing. I are people avoid practicing. Basically, this is an avoidance behavior. You're avoiding your partner, and are people practicing this behavior because the conflicts already exist, or is this behavior creating the conflict?
0: Yeah, I I had a similar take to it, which is I think the people that and. and I think there's no way to talk about fubbing without just talking about relationship dynamics. So I apologize in advance for turning this into relationship hour, (laughs) but sometimes I think the intersection between iPhones and social trends is something worth discussing. Um, so I think that the people who feel insulted when their partner is using their iPhone are people who already have a story of not feeling like they're important to their partner. I would think if you if you weren't sensitive to it in advance, you'd be less likely to get insulted would be my opinion.
2: I guess so. But I guess I do think that smartphone use has become so ubiquitous that people are doing I think people do things that are rude unintentionally. Mm -hmm. And that's something that um, at least that's been my experience that both I have done things that were unintentional and. Uh, my husband has where, you know, when called out on it, you're kind of like, oh, wow, I guess I could see the message I'm sending you is like I really don't care what you're saying right now when you may not have meant to just because you're used to picking up your phone so often. So I I actually think there's something more than – it's adding something else instead of in the past when someone might have picked up a newspaper to avoid their partner.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One of the interesting things that I've learned is – it's become in some ways like a socially accepted thing. One of the weird things now that I have an Apple Watch is my wrist will start buzzing and I'll look at my wrist and people are way more likely to get insulted if I look at my wrist than if I look at my phone. If I look at my phone, everybody knows, oh, they're checking on something, somebody messaged them. Whereas if you look at your wrist, everyone goes, like, do you have this happen? You look at your wrist and people go, oh, do you have to be somewhere? And I'm like, oh, no. you don't have time for me? Yeah, exactly. Well,
1: I think the difference is smartphones are a relatively new phenomenon, whereas a watch, looking at a watch is has for a long time been a way of telling people I have more important places to be and I'm busy and I, I'm basically not very subtly telling you I need to go now.
0: Yeah, it's, it taps into a more universal symbol that people are used to of you look at your watch, that means you're busy and you don't really care. Uh, and I think the question underlying all this is, does is that the same with your phone? If people looking at your, if you're looking at your phone when you're with your partner, is that insulting? Should they care? Is this a problem in society? Um, what, what do you guys think?
1: I think it really depends on how and when you do it. If, if you're in the middle of talking to your partner or you're eating a meal with them and you pick your phone up and start paying attention to that instead that's pretty rude and kind of says to your partner i don't care about you but if for instance i often just read a book on my phone while my husband watches sports but you know we're sitting together i really am not interested in sports and he does not read novels so it's but we're together it's not fubbing really i think
2: it is really damaging i guess i think that um I think that there should be more of an idea, an understanding that people aren't always accessible and that people should prioritize the people they're actually in a room with mm-hmm. over their phones. And I think that's something I, I'm not saying it I'm not above it, and it's something that like it becomes a bad habit, but I think it really does there, you know, even if you don't mean it, it really does send the message that you think other things are more important than the people that you're in the room with. And And I don't think that's really good for anybody.
0: I think, yeah, uh, I think, I think I agree with you, Uh, and I I agree with what you said, Sarah. Where there's a difference between being on your phone when you're with somebody. There's a way to do that appropriately, and a way to do that when you do that that's inappropriate. And if you're like, for example, you know, if you're married and you're living with your partner, eventually you're going to look at your phone, and and that shouldn't have to be fubbing. But if you're in a conversation, if you're spend if you're spending social time with that person, I think, I, and I do it a lot, unfortunately, and I'm working on that one, but I th- I think definitely it is damaging.
2: Yeah, I guess we should differentiate just like general phone etiquette and then the whole relationship
1: mm-hmm. aspect
2: of it, because I think, I mean, it is really convenient to have your phone and to be able to reach people more than you could in the past, but. Um, I guess, like specific things, like if you're on a date and you have your phone on the table, that's something I feel like you could just not do, you know?
0: Okay, well, let's let's go through because the in the study, they listed eight behaviors and that is one of them. So I'd like to go through and, and go through them and say, are these a big deal? Should these be insulting? What should we do as a society now that we carry around phones with us? Uh, number one... During a mealtime that my partner and I spend together, my partner pulls out and checks his or her cell phone. Is that a bad thing?
1: That's a bad thing. I think it's, I think it's the equivalent of pulling out a book and reading it, (laughs) which to be honest, I grew up in a family of people who routinely ignored each other while we all read books. And then when I was an adult, I realized that's not a universally acceptable behavior, um, So, yeah, I think that's definitely a a phob.
0: But, but like, a whole hour is a long time to not check your
1: phone.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Like fantasy football. I know. know Um, I mean, I think it depends the frequency. Like, maybe if you check it once or twice on a dinner date, that's fine probably. But if you're doing it, like, every few minutes.
0: That's a lot. Okay. but So, again, this is a distinction, too. this is a typical mealtime. So certainly, like, a date,
1: you you put your phone
0: away. Yeah, Yeah, your phone isn't near the table. But, like, if you're just having a typical mealtime with your partner, like, especially if it's lunchtime and you need to get back to work and you want to see, like, somebody messages you and you want to see what's up, it seems like in moderation, I would be okay with that.
1: Well, I guess I've had to take a hard line because I have kids. And Uh, if all of us were on our phones, that would be pretty i think it's even worse than reading books um but i i feel like miss manners says you can read at breakfast time and then at (laughs) dinner and lunch you shouldn't unless you're by yourself and i think that's a good rule of thumb in the morning who wants to like interact with people until after coffee right Mm -hmm. but then yeah your other meals be with the people you're eating with
0: certainly you're better off checking it as little as possible
1: yeah, I always feel I feel like nervous about making any
2: absolutes like you can't do that or you're a shitty person. But uh, <laughs> but I think that if in general, it's a good idea not to.
0: Now you guys dodge the part of the question. Do you guys do it?
1: I have been known to do it, but then my kids are like, "Hey, if mom has her phone out, why can't I have my phone uh, out?" So I think this is one of those things where
2: I definitely do it. And I don't think anything of it when I do it, and I definitely notice it when other people do. It's one of those things that's really hard to not be a hypocrite, mm-hmm. because you'll think of a specific reason you need to look at your phone, or I don't know. I just feel like it's something that um, I get I get called out on doing occasionally, and usually it's something I, I was completely unaware of that I yeah I do it.
0: I think I think the Apple Watch has helped me a lot in this because it's something that I'm much more comfortable keeping my phone in my pocket and not feeling like I might miss something, like an important message or something. Um, But I definitely do. I mean, I don't think checking my Apple Watch is much better, so I'm not using that as an excuse. But I, I do check it. I think one of the things I try to do is I try to not just check it to just be like, hey, let me get on Facebook, see what's going on. But like, I w- if, if I get a message, I won't check it right away. I'll wait till a lull in the conversation and then I'll like acknowledge it. I'll pull out my phone and say, oh, let me check. I just got a message as opposed to just kind of mid-conversation reaching for my phone and, and, and looking away from them as they're talking.
1: Well, and here's the thing that comes up sometimes. During the course of our dinner conversation, someone in my family might talk about some hilarious thing they saw online and then it seems pretty natural to pull out a phone and I'll look at it and enjoy it.
0: Yeah, oh, and I think that's, different. that's I think, different. I think your phones can help a conversation. Like, I end up getting a lot of debates with my friends about sports or something, and I find myself always going online and Googling it and, and like and, and figuring out what the answer is. And I think if you're on your phone as part of the conversation, it's totally different.
1: But I think yeah. this is another relationship thing. If you are having issues with your partner, I think you're just more likely to pull your phone out and look at that instead of them.
0: And I think your partner's more likely to be insulted.
1: Yeah, and I think David made a good point
2: about maybe acknowledging things is a good way to kind of to deal with this, where it, sometimes I'll be on my phone, it's something work-related I have to take care of, and if I just said, oh, I need to do this real fast, sorry, mm-hmm. then that's like, you know, right away – you're not doing anything underhanded, and that might be a good way to deal with it if it's something that's actually important you're doing.
0: And it's actually, I think, a little bit stressful on your partner if you're, like, if your phone starts buzzing a lot, and you're just sitting there ignoring them and acting like it's not happening. I think <laughs> you kind of have to, like, acknowledge that, okay, clearly I'm part of a group text message right now, and I need to figure out, like, why my phone is freaking out. <laughs> okay, number two, and this is when one you were talking about. My partner places his or her cell phone where they can see it. Uh, when we are together. So that's, you know, you're on, you're at dinner, you put it on the table or something to, to that effect. Do you guys do that? Is that, is that a no, no?
2: I think on the table, like during a date is maybe a little bit different, but in general, I feel like most people want to have their phones in sight.
1: And I guess that makes sense if there's an emergency, but like how often is there really an emergency? I I guess the reason I sometimes take my phone out and place it on the table, but it's not so that I can look at it. It's so that it's not in my pocket while I'm sitting down. I mean, women's pockets are so freaking small.
0: And so, yeah, and and same with me. I mean, my pockets maybe aren't quite as small, but it's still much more comfortable when I'm sitting. I tend to take my phone and my wallet and my keys, honestly, and I put them on the table. Maybe maybe that's really rude. I don't know, but that's what I do. Is that rude?
1: It's only rude, I think, if you position it so you can see the messages. Okay, so
0: I always put my phone face down. That's a rule. Like, I never put it face up. So I make it clear that, like, I'm not putting on my, uh, on the here so I can be checking it while I'm talking to you.
1: I do that too. I feel like that's becoming a symbol of I'm turning my phone upside down because I'm paying attention to the people I'm with.
2: Yeah, I also think it might be one of those things that you, that people should ask their partner how they feel about those things. Because maybe, maybe, like, certain things offend you or are a trigger and other things aren't and it kind of depends on the person
0: I feel like it depends a little bit on age too I feel like and I, I, I'm kind of right at the cutoff where I grew up socializing without cell phones but like I would imagine kids these days just always have their cell phones on and it's not insulting to them anymore i don't know
2: let's just acknowledge that david just said kids these days <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, i'm i'm just officially an old person now oh my sorry. gosh if you're an old person i don't know what that makes me <laughs> also an old person we are both old people i get hung over after like two drinks i can officially say <laughs> kids these days <laughs> yeah
2: um uh, so yeah again i think it's something that could be considered rude but Probably something that you can see if your friends or partner thinks the same. So,
0: Sarah and I both keep our phones on the table. Don, it sounds like you keep your phone tucked away.
2: I keep my phone in my purse um, most of the time when I'm with friends. I'm also someone who I get in trouble sometimes for not always returning calls and texting back right away. And usually I do, like, if I'm having a good conversation with someone or if I'm, um, then usually I I just like prioritize that and
1: I don't. Who do you get? Well, yeah, who do you get in trouble with? Because To me, the idea that I'm obliged just because I have a phone with me to instantly respond to you is that's kind of obnoxious. I think that is the expectation now, though. I mean, then I just live to disappoint people.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think, but I think that now, you know. You can see who's calling. You can see when they called or texted. So you don't really have a good excuse for not getting back
1: to someone anymore. Um, I, yeah, I, I do. You're living your life not waiting for their phone calls. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm there with Sarah. And I, I've had to like make a point with like my friends and my partners about this too because like, sometimes they'll like, get mad at me. And I'm like, no, if, especially like if I'm at work or if I'm like in the middle of doing something, like I'll get back to you when I have a pause and when it's convenient, when I can do it and not be rude. So that is, but it's a good point. That's the other side of it is it's like our cell phones, the fact that we're always accessible puts us in this no-win situation where either you're being rude to the person you're with or the person who's texting you, but both people want your attention right away.
1: Keep Mm. your read receipt feature turned off. definitely. (laughs) That's another good tip. Yeah. Also, I haven't had too much of a chance to play with 3D Touch yet, but apparently if you just peek at a message... Then, if you have read receipts turned on, it won't trigger a receipt.
0: So, Sarah, tell us how to turn off read receipts.
1: Uh, I don't remember. I think it's probably in your messages.
0: Yeah. In your messages
1: settings. But I can put a link to that particular tip of the day.
0: Okay. It's a yeah. very important tip. I don't understand why people would ever have that turned on. And, and I, I actually dislike it when my friends have it turned on because then I'm like, oh, they saw it. Why haven't they messaged me? Like, I'd rather just not know that they saw it. You know, I think <laughs> That's this, very
1: weird. I had this conversation with someone, and he explained to me that he uses it with his family. So if he sends a text message, but they're not in a position to actually respond, at least he knows they got whatever important information that was.
0: His family is much more patient than I am. I think
1: his family is just such a nice family
0: yeah sorry you're right his family is much nicer than I am is that better Sarah (laughs) it's Noah
1: Simpson our COO
0: oh okay they're much nicer than I am (laughs) um next point my partner keeps his or her cell phone in their hands when he or she is with is with me
1: no my husband does not do that I probably yeah. Didn't. That's wasn't like. But do you do that?
0: <laughs> it would you be insulted if he did?
1: It would depend if he was looking at it. I don't like holding my phone in my hand because I might drop it. Or
0: the,
1: I'm either using it or I put it down or it's in my pocket.
0: Yeah, that's one that bothers me. To me, if you're just holding it, that sends a different message. Like if you check your phone periodically throughout a meal. I don't really care, but if I'm trying to talk to you about something, you have your phone in your hand. It's like it's it's similar to looking at your watch constantly. It's like I'm just waiting so I can look at this because that's more important.
2: One, I think the main scenario where I do hold my phone um, is in the car. Like if I'm not the one driving, I'll be holding my phone and a lot of times doing stuff on it, and that's that's the time that I get into trouble. Um, my husband will be like, are you even listening to what I'm saying? Because I'm really bad at multitasking. And that's one of those, like, now that I think about it, it it is rude because the other person doesn't have that option to be on their phone. They're driving. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, if you're just in your own world on your phone,
1: that kind of makes them just hanging out by themselves with no one to talk to. (laughs) (laughs) That just reminds me of my own kids these days moments. My sister and I were talking about how when we were kids and we were forced to be in long car rides with our parents, we just looked at the windows and looked at cows and stuff. And now our kids are like, oh, my God, my phone's out of battery. My life is over. And
0: it's, yeah. I mean, it's similar to what I was saying that I, I struggle to wait in lines anymore. It's like we used to be able to just kind of enjoy nothingness a lot more than we can now. It's like if there's ever a lull in life, you pull out your phone and you instantly check something.
1: It's funny. My husband, who probably not coincidentally does 95% of the driving, gets really upset when people use their phones while he's driving. He thinks of it as, like, family togetherness time. <laughs> so I've definitely had to stop myself from using my phone. Usually I'm reading a book. I just I just read books all the time,
0: nonstop, basically. I, I get car sick, um, so I, I usually don't. But it's amazing how often I will still check my phone and just deal – like. I'm willing to get sick to check Facebook or to check my email, and it's really sad. I'll like check it, I'll get nauseous, I'll be sitting there, and then 10 minutes later I'll like check it again and I'll get nauseous again. David, can
1: I tell you a secret? Yeah. <laughs> Facebook is not that great. You, you don't
0: have to check it. <laughs> well, somehow that message is not synced in yet. Yeah. When I check it, I, I see that there's nothing exciting, but I still feel the need to check it.
2: <laughs> but I feel like what you're saying is, is backing up the point that it's a bad habit, and it is it is more than just that you don't like your boyfriend or girlfriend very much and are trying to get away from them. It's more like you kind of can't stop yourself from looking at your phone.
0: Yeah, I think I think is, this topic ties very much into a topic that we planned on having on a future podcast, which is cell phone addiction. Uh, and I think a lot of the time you're checking your phone is you just kind of are in the habit of checking it a lot. Uh, when we were getting ready for the podcast, uh, Sarah left her phone in the other room and we had about 10 minutes as I was setting up the mic and Sarah was getting very antsy. I was actually
1: kind of feeling a little twitchy and uncomfortable and as compensation, I kept checking my activity rings on my Apple watch. just like, was like something to do. It was
0: the only thing to check. Okay, we have a few more here. There's a bit of an overlap, but uh, my partner's cell phone rings or beeps when he or she—oh, sorry—when my partner's cell phone rings or beeps, he or she pulls it out, even if we are in the middle of conversation.
2: Again, I feel like that's kind of an old person thing to do. (laughs) I mean, this is horrible, but I think that like before cell phones, people always answered the phone when it rang. Like it was more of a thing that you did, maybe. But I notice, at least like with my parents, they'll do that to me sometimes. Like I'll notice that they'll... <laughs> I'm
1: laughing because my husband totally does this. And, it, and he's... so you're basically calling him an old person. <laughs> okay. Um, people who
2: used phones before cell phones, <laughs> um, I think, tend to be like, oh my gosh, my phone rang. I better pick it up no matter what's going on. And I think that's something, my personal opinion is that that is harmful and that you should prioritize you're with not the phone call
1: yeah on one of our first dates and it's amazing that we ended up getting married (laughs) after this i was gonna watch a movie with my husband at his apartment and somebody called him and he answered the phone which i was okay with but instead of being like hey can i get back in touch with you later he proceeded to speak to this person for like an hour. And
0: uh, you can't see me. I, I gasped inaudibly, but there was a gasp.
1: Our relationship, our fragile early relationship, actually really almost didn't survive this. I, we didn't watch the movie. I yelled at him and we, and I left.
0: That makes me feel better. I'm glad you didn't just like try to play it cool because it was an early date. No, it was so not cool. Um, yeah, I, I agree that's... That's a no-no, but I think I also do that. <laughs> Terrible.
1: I'm totally fine if you feel like you need to at least acknowledge the person's phone call to, that you just get on the phone, but that you say, "Hey, I'm in the middle of something."
0: Yeah, that's true. If your phone now again, there's a distinction to me between ringing and texting. Like if your phone rings, I think it's acceptable to answer it and get off. You know.
1: I just send people to voicemail.
0: Really? Yeah. And I
1: don't I check my voicemail either.
0: Yeah. I mean, if,
2: you're, if it's something you think you need to address, okay, right if, away. Okay, if
0: your phone rings, is it okay to check who it is?
2: Mm. Yeah, I think so.
0: I think it also partly, getting back to that first date thing, it depends where you're at. It depends, like, are you at brunch with somebody you're with constantly? Or is this, like, a new relationship? Or, like... And are you having a serious conversation that's really important, or are you just like waiting for your food and bored? I don't know.
1: I mean, if you're bored enough to have a phone conversation when you're on a date, yeah, I knew I was gonna be in trouble for (laughs) seeing. Yeah, I mean,
2: I guess it just makes me think that people need to be, you know, courteous but also realistic. Like iPhones, they're not going anywhere. We're just gonna be using them more. We should it's good to set some ground rules for yourself. But if you're like never allowed to look at it or else you're going to get in trouble with mm-hmm. your girlfriend, I don't know.
0: I, I think that's, I, I agree. As a general principle, I think moderation is kind of the key. It's like, yes, if you're with somebody, for you're going to eventually need to check your phone. Somebody's going to call or something. And so it's just finding a way to do it in the least impolite way possible.
1: Well, I think hmm. always making sure that the person you're with knows that you're, they're a priority, you know, That's why if you get on answer a phone call, you say, hey, I'm with somebody right now. We're about to watch a movie. Let me call you after. And that way, both people kind of feel that you're acknowledging their importance to you.
0: Sounds sounds reasonable. All right. I'm going to read the last three because they're all similar. During leisure time that my partner and I are able to spend together, my partner uses his or her cell phone. My partner uses his or her cell phone when we are out together. If there's a lull in our conversation, my partner will check his or her cell phone. Uh, I think we've covered these mostly. I think the one that seems okay to me is the during leisure time. I think like depending on what you're doing in your leisure time, like if I'm sitting there watching a movie, I hate to admit it, but I usually have my phone out and I'm kind of doing other things too. But it depends if it's like a date or if you're just kind of, it depends how leisure I guess.
1: I feel like if it's just casual TV viewing or one person is watching TV and the other person is sitting on the couch using their phone, you're both doing something, but you're sitting together. If you're watching a movie together, should, yeah. you should talk about it together. No, I,
0: it's true. I actually really hate that feeling. If you're watching a movie with somebody and like you look over and they're on their phone, it makes you feel like, oh, they're not enjoying the movie. And it, it, it makes it feel like, okay, this, this isn't a social activity anymore. This is just me watching a movie.
1: Yeah, but I will fully use my phone if there's sports on the TV. Just, I don't see why I should be forced to watch that. I know. It's interesting when looking at any of these one points,
2: any one of these points, I think that it's not so bad. It's understandable. But <laughs> taken all together, and then when you look at the results of this study, that it's causing depression and causing less satisfaction in relationships and all of this, it is it's a little bit disturbing,
1: but did it say it causes it or it just says that these people have these things? So I think
0: yeah. And this is That's true. This taps into a bigger area that always bothers me, where the kind of the narrative is there's kind of, the narrative is technology is messing up society. And I feel like that narrative has been there for probably thousands of years, you know, when certainly when the radio was invented, when the TV was invented, probably when the car was invented. All of these things were going to destroy technology or were going to destroy society, sorry. And I feel like that narrative is very strong with the iPhone. I think that these were things that, I think people found other ways to be rude before this, and this is just a, a catalyst for rudeness as opposed to causing rudeness.
1: Well, I've been rude with books. There you since go. long before <laughs> there were smartphones, I've been ignoring people with books. Um I, I just feel like this is similar to, you know, there's this kind of listicle that you see on certain like lifestyle websites, like 10 habits, bad habits that are destroying your marriage. And if you read them, a lot of them are, they're they're like I said, they're chicken or egg. It's like, if you're not having sex with your partner, is that ruining your marriage? Or is it a sign that your marriage is being ruined by more other things? You know, if you're, if you're fighting with your partner all the time is that a sign that your fighting is ruining your marriage? Or maybe you're fighting because your marriage is in trouble.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. It was very much a chicken and egg.
1: And also like how you use
2: things. Cause you could really argue that, you know, technology brings us all closer together. Like it's a lot easier to be in a long distance relationship now than ever mm-hmm. before. And, you know, get on FaceTime or whatever and have a connection. Like I know when my sister lived in LA, that was really cool. We would have little dates and you know, FaceTime. So it's, like, it can be used in so many different ways. I, I I do think it's a new, like, I think it's a new phenomenon, though. I don't, like, yes, people have always been rude and had relationship problems in different ways. But I think this is something that does need to be looked at um separately. And it's it's something that, like I said before, I think it really ties in with iPhone addiction. And maybe we can
1: talk about that more in another podcast. Yeah, it can definitely creep up on you. You don't even realize that you're doing it until you get called out on it by a partner, mm-hmm. which I, I guess is what partners are for, <laughs> calling you on your stuff.
0: <laughs> I think it's part of a bigger issue. And I didn't mean to downplay it, because I think the bigger issue is we all as a society, long before iPhones have been distracted way too easily by everything. And I think be, your our iPhone is is way more distracting than other things used to be. So if you're out with your partner, it, you know, you are, somebody calls, you're just always available, you're always able to be distracted. Uh, and so it is important to be diligent about not letting that happen, spending time with quality time with people you're with. But I think that it's just a bigger problem than just the iPhone.
2: One thing we didn't touch on that I think is also a big element is Trust in a relationship because I I know that a lot of people fight about the way people are their partners using their phone because they don't know what they're doing on their phone. Mm-hmm. People are wondering like, are you talking to another girl? Are you like you know what exactly are you looking at like all of that? And so I think that probably people get more pissed off if they don't if they if there's not like a baseline trust of what they're even doing on their phone
0: yeah absolutely and 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 there's like there's the extreme of jealousy but I think there's the middle ground of what what can feel hurtful is whatever they're doing on their phone is more important to them than me it's whatever they're doing on the phone is like they're more excited about and so it's like yeah that could be another person or it could just be you know mindless entertainment that they find more important so
1: it's true though there is a certain Different levels <laughs> of it being really insulting. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're right about the trust thing. There are there is a certain type of relationship where and it it often seems to be the woman who's like I need the password for your phone and your Facebook page and, and why would you be with someone if you can't trust them with an electronic device? <laughs>
0: I don't Agreed. know. Yeah, well cuz they're going to have electronic devices, so all right, I, th- I think we've branched as far into relationship <laughs> advice territory as as I'm comfortable with. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little further. Maybe a little further. Um, I'm Tell really... us about
1: your personal experiences with this, David.
0: <laughs> I'm just going to throw this out there that I'm single. <laughs> so I feel like you should discount everything that I said because clearly I'm failing at this. <laughs> um, I'm curious to see what everybody else thinks. This is an opportunity to put a plug in there to... Email us and give us your opinions um, because this is a big topic. So you can email us. I guess I'm trying to think of a good email address. Uh, I'll just give my own. David, <laughs> now that I told the world I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my email address. Here's my email address. That's David, a novel approach yeah. to getting a date. <laughs> <laughs> and I admitted all, how terrible I am <laughs> using my iPhone on dates. It'll be lovely. David at iPhoneLife.com. <laughs> uh, also, I'll get you guys can give your email addresses
1: sarah at iphonelife.com and donna at
2: (laughs) iphonelife.com and you can also leave comments on the blog post where we have a link to the podcast
0: and and we'll put our we will put our email addresses there as well to email us uh so again that's iphonelife.com slash podcast we'll link to all the apps and accessories we talked about uh and yeah leave comments there send us an email and Maybe we will read your email live in the next podcast. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> right um, now, no one's gonna yeah. tell us. <laughs> if you don't want us to share your email, mention it, and we won't. Also, I would love to hear. We uh, we did a different format this time than we had been doing. Talked about a little bit broader subjects, a few more subjects. So I'd love to hear your feedback in general. Let us know what you think about our podcast. What you'd like to hear more of, all that good stuff. Um, so any any parting thoughts for anybody?
2: Yeah, don't be a jerk with your iPhone. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's what it comes down to. There you go. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, We are going to try to regularly do podcasts on Tuesdays as our new day. So keep an eye out for it. And once again, that's iPhoneLife.com slash podcasts.
1: Thanks. Thanks, everyone.